Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Number of people have been getting in touch with me here uh, on the programme. They want to talk about the disability services that you lose, that you no longer get or can get any access to when you turn 18. And this is parents, really, in particular, talking about their, their children. Ashling is with me on the line today. Ashling, tell us about your situation. Good afternoon, Andrea. Um, so um, I'm the mother of two children, um, an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. And um, my 18-year-old has severe to profound intellectual disability and he's non-verbal and he's a wheelchair user and he requires 24-hour care. He's um, on tube feeds uh, around the clock. Um, he requires 20 medications, including injections, infusions, nebulizers, etc. And um, when he reached 18 in July, um, it was... Uh, just after an eight and a half month stint in in Crumlin Hospital where he um, had a really uh, prolonged admission because he was extremely ill and this came on the back of um, cocooning for years because of COVID Mm. so he missed three and a half years of school but because his birthday fell before the 1st of September he was supposed to be finished school so um Years ago, when I knew about this rule, I did say that I was going to apply for another year because Jack actually didn't start till he was six and he's had so many prolonged admissions. He would be very complex medically, so he he's often um, in hospital and often even at home with illness. So um, it was something I flagged and spoke to um, the vice principal about at the time who, who um, was his teacher. And um, then COVID came and all that... Um, happened so he was at home and then his very prolonged um, hospital admission on top of that so um, I was fairly sure that he'd get his extra year and he did thank goodness Um, but his friends who are his very good friends that he's in school with from the beginning um, they're roughly the same age as him but their birthdays fall after the 1st of September so this this would be their final year but it wouldn't be their extra year where he's in his extra year yeah, so like, um, to be honest, I'd love to apply for another extra year, but I spoke to um, somebody about this and um, his teacher said, like, even when they were applying for this extra year, the Department of Education weren't interested that he'd been ill so much and weren't interested in prolonged hospital admissions. The only thing that they were interested in was that he hadn't completed the junior cycle. And like, let's be real, um, Jack's health is going to come above all that and it just being in school and being able to socialise with his friends is more important than his junior cycle. Um, so I don't understand that and I, I feel it's a discriminatory rule in special schools. It's not in mainstream schools. So for instance, Jack would have started school when he was six. So I always thought he would have 12 years in school and actually now he's only in his 12th year. And this is an extra year. So he would have only been 11 years in school. When a neurotypical child in a mainstream school would have 14 years because there's eight years in primary and then six years potentially in secondary, unless, of course, they choose not to do transition year. So it's actually, it's the the year in school, really, Ashling. That's that's what Jack has, has, um, that's what you're looking for, really, for Jack. Uh, Well, no, he's had an extra year, but I'm now going to be looking for another extra year. Yeah. Um, and what but, response but have you? But the only reason, 
Sorry, I, I haven't spoken to anyone yet in the Department of Education. Um, like he's only back to school in September, so it's kind of like I've to, I, I'm only we're only getting back to normal in yeah. our house because literally we were eight and a half months in hospital. So um, he only he only got home in July. So things are only returning to normal for us now, and the winter is never normal for us because Jack tends to be very sick. So um, yeah, it's, it's he only had his IEP, which is. Um, like parent-teacher meeting with his teacher last Monday. So I only was discussing all this and I did meet the coordinator for adult services and he was the one who even suggested why did you go for another year? And I said, I don't know if you can. Um, he said, well, he wouldn't look out of place. Okay. And if you saw Jack, Jack looks like an eight-year-old or a six-year-old. He's, he's got Peppa Pig in his arms. And uh, But the fact is, despite all that, nothing else really matters. He has missed loads of school due to illness and due to having to cocoon because of COVID. So there were extraordinary circumstances. So I don't know what's going to happen. But, um, and when you're 18, it's it's not just school. Um, They start trying to transition you out of hospital when you're 16. Jack is still in hospital, he's 18. But I mean, he's under 14 medical teams in hospital. Um, respite ended for well, him. I was just going um, to ask the, you that. Do, do you get any respite day, service? No, the day he turned 18, he was finished within Laura Lynn. And that's where he went. Um, and like his disability team were also an important part of the whole makeup of teams for Jack. So like a disability team for him would be an OT, so an occupational therapist, speech and language therapist, psychologist, social worker, and a physiotherapist. And then some children need a behavioural therapist. So there should be um, six people available on a team for you. And um, once they're 18, you lose everything. Now, there is a transition team for adults in our area, but to be honest, I don't know. I think every, everywhere is working with a skeleton staff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just at the family forum uh, with with um the people in our Progressive Disability Services, which is the CDNT, which is Children's Dis- Disability Network team. And it's shocking, actually, because there are no staff. It's, a Euro- it's European shortage, like it's not just yeah. Ireland. So effectively, so, Ashling, once once Jack and and others in, you know, in, in Jack's position, once you turn 18 on paper, that's it. There, there's just, just the, the support services that you knew and that you've had for so many years, many of them just come to a total end. Exactly. Exactly. L- Lourdes is with us on the programme too, Ashling. Um, you've been listening to Ashling's story there. What's your situation? I have, a, yes. So in my situation, I have a, three children. One is 21. Then I have Connor, who is 18. So Connor has a very complex and very rare genetic disorder. He's actually the only one in the country with that disorder. And Connor is also nonverbal, uh, he is autistic and he has a severe intellectual disability. So um, Connor will have, because of his diagnosis, he will have extreme complex needs. And he he needs a lot of support uh, just to be able to survive on a daily basis. So like What age is is Connor? Sorry, Lourdes. Yes, so Connor is 18. 18. 18 in May. And like Ashlyn, I did uh, did request an extra year in school because... uh, after the COVID closure, so Connor would have missed a lot of school as well, same as Jack, for different reasons. But um, Connor, you know, like everybody else, you know, we, we all know that the school closed during COVID for a number of months. And then when he was due to be back, he went back in September after the COVID closure. And he was expelled from a school only two and a half weeks after coming back from COVID. So as a result, he was a full year with no school at all. And why was he expelled uh, then, 
Uh, well, <laughs> this is something that, to be honest, even though I, even though I live in this network and we get to know lots of different people and most of us know each other quite well, but I didn't know it was a possibility that a child could be expelled from a special school. So that took me by surprise. And to be honest, it's something that I haven't recovered from. And my mental health has suffered significantly because of that. Okay. So then um, I didn't give up. Like I knew, you know, my child belongs in society the same as everybody else. Yeah. And he is entitled to an education the same as every other children. So... I did fight, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but I did manage to find another school for Connor. So he is now attending a different school, and he is so happy there. He's very sociable. He, well, no, like like every child, you know, they, they need a routine. You know, he goes every day. He he has the support that he needs at the moment in school, and he's thriving. But the problem is, uh, this is the last year because this is with the extension already. So when June comes, that will be it. That's yeah. the end of the school, oh, and I am terrified at whatever comes after. Um, and, and can, when you get in touch with any of the, you know, the support services or organisations, or even even the department, Lourdes, like, can they give you any advice or, or tell you about options that are there? Uh, well, yes. So, so for Connor now, um, there will be day services, uh, which I don't know. I mean, I have been told, obviously, not to expect anything like a school, which is heartbreaking because, you know, Connor is just, he, he really, really is thriving in his new school. And I really don't know what the future holds when September comes. I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know what he's going to be doing. Um, so it's just, it, it, I, I just have to wait uh, and see, but I know it's going to be a major transition for Connor uh, when he leaves the school. You know, like it's, it's He's so happy there that I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm sure that's very worrying for you as well. It is extremely worrying because there's so many transitions that my poor child has to go through. And, you know, usually for our children, transitions are are twice as hard because it takes them a long time to get used to to a new routine, to get used to people. And for this to change completely, uh, it it is very difficult. But... uh, it is correct, and I don't understand how that happens, that at the age of 18, so if you have any home supports or, I mean, if you are fortunate enough, because, you know, it's so scarce, like, I mean, very few people have home support or respite, very few. But if you happen to be one of the lucky ones who are receiving home support and respite, all of that stops at the age of 18. So then it means that you need to apply again. And you could be waiting for years, even uh, even if you get something at the end of the wait. So I think it's so unfair uh, because I know I'm using the word fight a lot, but mm. I mean, I'm sure Ashley will tell you as well, everything that we go through is a fight. Mm. We even have to fight for, for the air they breathe almost. Everything is a fight. Because for Connor, and I'll give you an example, I mean, when he was of school age, I applied to 25 schools in five counties and I could not get a place at all. So even something that will become absolutely normal for mm. other people with neurotypical children, you, take it for you, you apply to a school and you go to a school. For have our you, children it's so difficult. Have you, Ashling, have you, like, is it is it worth getting in touch with maybe the, the HSE about it? It just seems so bizarre that like, you know, you get into the system and the services that, that Jack and Connor have been able to access for the past number of years through the school system. Like, your, the, your disability 
doesn't change because you've you've now become 18 years of age. Like It just strikes me that there's absolutely no joined up system in all of this. Yeah, um, but as Lourdes says, you know, it's a fight. Everything is a fight and you have to, you know, say, okay, what fight am I going to fight today? What am I going to do this week? Because also we all have to look after our mental health and our physical health. And both Lourdes and I have had a few tough years. And, you know, um, of course, I'll contact everybody I need to contact. But but why do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. When uh, it's like it's a discrimination against children with special needs who need this schooling more than anybody else because it's for different reasons. It's for social inclusion and it's to make their lives enjoyable and fulfilled. Um, you know, like we have also um, had to look at where Jack might go for day services. And like there are very few options, like Jack will need a nurse led service. So that immediately whittled down my options to three. And then um, there's no transport. So that's another huge big deal because day services are still school hours. So they finished at three o'clock and you would need to be there for 10 to nine or something like that. So that's another thing you have to take into consideration. That'll be another fight if we want to fight for transport, which is I'm going to definitely fight for transport because it's something that really helps me. Um, and then um, just um, the actual options, it's, it's even hard to know what what it is, uh, you know, because we want to make sure that they, our children are going somewhere that suits them and their individual needs because, for example, Connor and Jack would need exactly the opposite um, type of things, you know. And so it's it's really, it's really tricky and you're trying to navigate all this. And also you must remember that we're, it's not just the day services, it's a disability service, Mm. it's our hospital, it's respite. And like Jack has no respite since July. Um, there is one place considering him and they are run by St. John of God. They're the only place considering him. Okay. And um, um, at well, the moment, we- there is actually a child there who is waiting for residential care. So there's no respite for many adults because of that. But yep. if he does go there, I cannot choose um, a, I cannot choose a day service that is not run by St. John of God or he will not be allowed to go to respite there. So these are the kind of... These are all the things. You, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure as well, you know, it's just the, the uncertainty for, for you and, and, and Lord as Ashling as well. Like just as you say, as you both said today, it's the constant fight. Everything's a fight. Everything's a battle um, to just try and get access to the services that so many other people just totally, totally take for granted. Look, we can certainly put a call in for you and, and get in touch with the minister's office. We can absolutely do that. I don't know what, if anything, might come from it, but I'm certainly happy to do it. Ashling and Lourdes, thank you, though, for, for getting in touch and sharing your stories with us. If you want to drop us an email about this, um, if you're in a similar experience, you can do so. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.